This is Trek FM. Telling frequencies open, this is your Trek FM Hyper Channel for Thursday, June 19th, 2014. I'm Christopher Jones, and we have two stories for you today. Paramount confirms 2016 release date for the third J.J. Abrams Star Trek film, and DVD Talk breaks down the Chain of Command Blu ray release. First stop, it's been generally known for some time now that Paramount was targeting 2016, which is the 50th anniversary year of the Star Trek franchise, for the release of the third J.J. Abrams film. And now at the Cine Europe conference in Barcelona today, Paramount confirmed that Star Trek III, as it is currently being called, is indeed slated for release in 2016. As you probably know by now, Roberto Orsi will direct and also pin the story together with J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. It's going to be interesting because this will be Roberto Orsi's first time ever directing, period, film or television. And also, J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay, although they have written many scripts together, they've never had anything produced. So this is going to be a first for everyone involved, it seems. But I have high hopes.、Um, we've seen new directors come in. Usually they have some experience, just not with Star Trek. And we've seen new writers come in before. And things can sometimes work out great. You know, it's fresh ideas and a fresh view. Of course, sometimes things don't work out so well either. So we'll have to wait and see. But I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for now. As for production, while the film seems to be moving along at a fairly steady pace, there is still no word on plot details nor casting rumors, although tweets by Orsi appear to indicate that filming may begin in the spring. Those tweets in particular were pointed out by Trek Movie, who updated their article and said that Bob Orsi has tweeted a slightly cryptic response to the question. When does the next Trek movie shoot? That implies filming will begin in spring 2015. Someone named Bill Peters at Bill Peters 30 tweeted at Bob Orsi and said, So when does the next Star Trek movie shoot? Really looking forward to it. To which Orsi replied, During the loveliness of spring. And that's it. So it does imply a 2015 spring.、Uh, Shooting date for the film. We will see. I don't know. If we see casting rumors start cropping up, then maybe we'll know that we're close. Although, if you look at some of the casting of the new Star Wars film, news came out so and so has been cast and filming starts in two hours, basically. <laughs> Not literally, but it felt that way. So, so we'll see. Now, I will say that. This very point here about no rumors about story, no rumors about casting, really no rumors at all at this point, also highlights why these rumors about a new Star Trek series really don't have any legs. These rumors have been going around for some time now. Of course, there was the big blow up last week or, or the week before. With Larry Nemechek's comments being misconstrued. And there's nothing behind that, of course. But beyond that, we hear rumors about other people who are pitching series and other supposed Star Trek series that are in development. In fact, there was a rumor earlier this year about how CBS 
currently has two separate Star Trek series in development right now. And that's not true. That's not happening. If that were true, think about it. Do you think we would hear nothing at all about casting or rumors? No one can keep a lid on anything these days. So that's not happening. Though I am still holding out hope that somehow in autumn of 2016, maybe we will get a new television series. That's my hope. Because as I've said before, if it were up to me, and again, this is tricky because another thing people, I read an article the other day that said why the next Star Trek series should be about Captain Worf. And the person writing the article started out by saying, the idea has been kicked around inside Paramount for several years. Paramount does not own the TV rights to Star Trek. They own the film rights. The TV rights belong to CBS. So no, it's not being kicked around inside Paramount. So it's tricky. But if it were up to me, and I had control over the movies and the TV series both, I would put this third movie out in the summer, and I would launch a new series in autumn to take full advantage of the 50th anniversary year. Now, I put this question out to our Facebook page today to find out how people were feeling about the news that the next movie will come out in 2016. And again, this wasn't huge news because it's pretty much been known, and I actually had accepted it as being fact that the film would come out in 2016. This is just the official confirmation that we got here. So I asked the question, how do you feel? Are you excited to see it? Are you hoping it is the final Abramsverse film? Any preferences for story or villain? And I got a number of responses already. I just posted it actually not long before I started recording this. And some of the responses that we have so far are, well, I I pulled out a couple to read from you. And I was actually surprised. I was expecting to get this just spewing of hatred of J.J. Abrams on the page And I didn't really get that. I got kind of a mix. And I don't think I got anyone yet who's just really, you know, J.J. Abrams sucks, which is what you hear so often. And you may feel that way. And if you do, that's fine. That's certainly your right as a Star Trek fan. But Jared C. Bat, who is a longtime listener and actually a contributor to the network here, um, he writes articles sometimes. He said, I prefer they do something original. No rehashing something from TOS. No rehashing something from DS9, as Orsi has shown his preference for in the comics. What with Q throwing Kirk and Spock into the future to bring Cisco in or whatever. No rehashing anything. Do what they originally rebooted the universe for. According to them, do something new. I mostly agree with you here, Jared. Although, I don't so much think that the reason they rebooted Star Trek, was to do something new, it was so that they wouldn't have to worry about all the baggage of the canon, and they could just do whatever they wanted and just say, well, no, that's another universe, that's another timeline, don't worry about it, it's okay, it's cool, we do what we want here. That's the real reason why they rebooted it, which is probably what you're saying anyway, but I don't think it was just simply because they wanted to do something new in terms of bringing longtime Star Trek fans something really, really fresh. That's just my my own personal feeling. David Wendelberg said, I think I enjoyed the anticipation last time more than the actual movie. If it's good, 
I will be pleasantly surprised. If not, it's still like waiting for Christmas morning. And David, I agree with you. That's how I felt last time as well, especially doing these shows here on the network, because we had to cover the development of the film for so long, and we had to talk about the rumors, and we speculated ourselves about what was going to happen. In the past, actually, when Star Trek films came out, I would be in blackout mode. I didn't want to know anything, especially like First Contact. I didn't want to know anything. I wanted to be surprised when I walked into the theater. Well, those days are over because now I I have to cover all of this and talk about it. And for me, it definitely was more enjoyable to talk about the buildup to Star Trek Into Darkness than to see the actual film. And for me, it was even worse than for most of you guys listening because being here in Japan, Star Trek Into Darkness opened here three and a half months after it opened in the U.S. And it was going to be four and a half months They were going to open it at the end of September, and they moved it up to the end of August. And I was only saved by the fact that I am media, and I have connections to go to Paramount's offices in Tokyo and actually screen the film long before it was released in the theater. But even then, I still had to wait six weeks after everyone in the States saw the film before I had a chance to see it, because that's when they opened up screenings here in Japan, which was still way before two months, more than two months before the release. So that uh, as media in Japan, because I also sometimes write for magazines, was able to cover it there. And I read a review of it. But and I was told you cannot reveal who the villain is. You cannot say who Benedict Cumberbatch is playing, which, of course, I wouldn't have done anyway. But there you go. So anyway, I agree, David. Yeah, the buildup is maybe more fun than the movie itself. All right, well, I have rambled on and on too long about this, no doubt. Tell me what you think. Go over to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash trekfm. Follow us there, give us a like, and chime in on the article. You can post your comments right there in the thread. Talk to everyone else there on Facebook and, and answer this question. How do you feel? Are you excited? Do you hope it's the last film? Do you want more? What do you want to see as the story? And what about the villain? The other story I have for you today is about Chain of Command. When the TNG Remastered project reached the first and the best cliffhanger in the series, The Best of Both Worlds, the producers decided to pay proper tribute to the landmark story with a feature-length standalone release. And it made perfect sense with The Best of Both Worlds, absolutely, because it's one of the quintessential moments of television history, I would say, Not even Star Trek, but just TV in general. Well, after doing that, the trend continued with redemption, unification, and now chain of command. We've talked about this extensively on the Ready Room over the past year. What would they do when they got to season six? Would they do chain of command? Well, it turns out they're doing chain of command. And I was a little bit cautious about this myself because although it's a very powerful story and it's great that they made this episode and that they went there and Patrick Stewart's devotion to it and his portrayal is so powerful, it's also an episode where I don't feel like it has the general broad appeal of the best of both worlds for sure or redemption or unification. And in fact, of all these feature-length Blu-rays that are being released, 
This is the first one that won't be sold in Japan. Now, you can go to Amazon Japan and buy it as an import, but it's not actually being released in Japan. And I don't know if that's because they feel that there's not a market for it, or if it has something to do with the theme tied into past um, you know, actions during wartime or what it is. That's actually what I think it might be. Just guessing, like, why would this not be released? So I mean, it's, it's not that we have any great censorship in Japan or anything like that. It's just maybe they just decided that maybe this one's a little bit touchy. We're not going to release this one. I don't know. But it's not going to be here. But it is going to be in the States. And as they've done with the past ones, they have merged the two episodes into one long story. And I haven't seen it yet. I have it pre-ordered. Uh, it's going to be here soon. And what I've read, though, and the, and the thing I'm going to point you to here today in the story, is that it's not quite as seamless as the other ones. And what I'm pointing you to here is a piece by Randy Miller III on DVD Talk. And Randy has broken down very extensively the Blu-ray release of Chain of Command. It includes an audio accompaniment, and it breaks things down by video and audio quality, packaging, presentation, and menu design, and bonus features. And it's quite long. Randy goes really in-depth into each of these. And, you know, if you're thinking about buying the Blu-ray, if you're not sure, maybe you love the episode and you pre-ordered it as soon as you heard it was coming out. And maybe you have the other ones and you're not quite sure about this one and you want to find out what someone else thinks about it. Go over and check out this piece and you can really get the lowdown on what's there. And what I would like to hear from you about not only Chain of Command, but also the feature-length Blu-rays in general. What do you think about these? First of all, what do you think about Chain of Command as a feature-length release? Do you think it's a good choice? Do you think they should have done something different, like Time Zero or Descent? I guess Time Zero really would have fallen into the the Season 5 cliffhanger. But then you have Descent at the end of Season 6, which I also feel is a lackluster cliffhanger. It feels... It's weird, actually. It's like TNG. It was a perfect storm at the end of Season 3 with the best of both worlds. And then every attempt to do a cliffhanger after that couldn't quite live up to the best of both worlds. And I actually think that's the case for all of Star Trek. And it's it's not that there aren't some good ones, because there are. There's some excellent two-parters. But there was something about the best of both worlds. Maybe it was the it being the first time it was done. I, I remember watching it. I remember the cliffhanger when it aired originally and being like, oh my God, I have to wait all summer to find out what's going to happen. So tell me what you think about it anyway. Chain of Command, is it a good choice? And what do you think about these standalone Blu-rays in general? Are you buying them? Do you like them? Do you want to see them do them in the future for DS9 and Voyager when those come out on Blu-ray, which eventually they will? No idea when, but eventually they will. And I'll put a link in the show notes to this piece over there on DVD Talk. Now, I have a network update for you to finish off the show today. Uh, Normally, this would be To the Journey and Voyager because it's Thursday. But actually, To the Journey is taking a week off this week. But you can go back and check out last week's episode, Straight from the Lizard's Mouth, which is a threshold commentary. 
And also, To the Journey has 76 other episodes in their back catalog. So go check out some of those if you are new to TTJ or if you um, you know came in somewhere in the middle and you hadn't caught them all yet. Lots of stuff for you to listen to there. The new show I do have for you today is The Orb, and this is the second part of my discussion with Larry Nemechek about the casting of DS9. And I told you about this on yesterday's show, so I won't go into any depth here, but we do continue. We pick up with the remaining characters that we didn't talk about. So tune into that. You'll find it in your feeds right now. If you subscribe to the individual feed for The Orb or to the Trek Film Complete Master Feed, you can also catch it through all of your favorite podcast sources, no matter where that is. Just look up trek.fm and you'll find us there. And you can go to our website, go to the show page, you can stream there, and you can grab the RSS link and use that in third-party apps. Now, as I tell you every day, if you're streaming this episode of Hyper Channel from our website, you can have it delivered directly to your smartphone or your tablet by subscribing. And I would love for you to subscribe. That helps me out a lot, and it actually makes it easier for you to get the show as well because it's pushed right out there to you as soon as I post it to the feeds. And that is, of course, in the Hyper Channel single show feed and in the Trek of Film Complete Master Feed, where you'll also find every episode of every show that we do. Now, I would love to chat with you about these stories, as I mentioned earlier. You can find me on Twitter at C. Brian Jones, letter C and Brian with a Y. You can also find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash C. Brian Jones. And you can find the network in those places as well on Twitter. Our username is Trek FM. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash Trek FM. On Google Plus, we have a community. Just search G Plus Communities for Trek.fm and you'll find us there. We have a contact form on our website, Trek.fm slash contact. That comes to me by email. We also have forums, Trek.fm slash forums. And you can even send me a voicemail through the website as well. Just look in the sidebar and you'll see it. Well, thanks for listening today. Thanks for listening to my rant there. I think I rambled a little bit more than usual, but I get really caught up in talking about the Star Trek movies in particular. So let me know what you think. Definitely hit me up and tune in tomorrow and I'll be back with some more stories for you. And until then, go watch some Trek. Trek.